My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. The voice of the Cape. This is Inside Sports. Sashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Inside the updates. Assalamu alaikum and a very good evening. Just gone three minutes past eight. Uh, you're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape. I'm your host, Firo Sheikh, and my tech tonight is Shuey Williams. We're talking football tonight. I have two guests. First up, we're talking the Euros with former Santos striker Duncan Crowey, and then we chat to uh, Booby Solomons, who's the uh, technical director of coaching at Safa Cape Town Cafe 3 coaching course that ended today. We'll uh, find out about that. Then we we'll also catch up with the SAA captain Zubair Hamza about his career best two. 122 against Zimbabwe in the first four-day unofficial test match. Uh, now you can also join that conversation. You can WhatsApp 0829-913-913 for any comments or questions. But before I chat to uh, Duncan Crowey first, let's catch up with the latest news coming through today. Novak Djokovic, of course, winning his 19th Grand Slam title, beating Stefano Tsitsipas of Greece in five sets. There he won a 6726 and 6-4. New Zealand, of course, wickets in the second test to win the two-match series day England's first home test series defeat since 2014. We've got some local results as well. Uh, one WhatsApp message coming through. Assalamu alaikum. I just want to take this opportunity to wish the Pro Stars Football Club seniors well done on the victory today. It was Pro Stars versus Lentechia and the score there was 4-2. Also a Coke Cup qualifier and comfortably made it to the next round of the 2021 Coke Cup. Goal scorers was Linton Fortune with one goal and a hat-trick from uh, Mizan Peterson. Well done, guys. That comes from this Pro Stars management team of Ridwan Vermeulen, Alim Isaacs, Fight Lekay Nizam Karolison, Rafik uh, Jones, Laik Oliver, and Haji Azmi Hendricks from Upper Manenberg. So well done there to uh, Pro Stars. Also, the Cape Districts Football Association, we've got some results from yesterday's matches in the Super League. Uh, these are some of the results coming through uh, South End, beating Greenwood 4-0, Southampton beating Blue Bells 5-0 there, Wesley beating Clarewood 2-1, FC Kafta and Grassy Park played to a 1-0 draw, Salt River Blackpool beating Ocean View 1-0, and uh, Montague Spurs beating uh, Stefanian Autry uh, 6-1 there. In results from the uh, uh, Premier League, uh, Ashford Athletic beating Nitros 4-2. Cape Town Fusion, well, they had a bye this weekend as the Devonshire Rovers. Nortuk beating Ambassador 2-1. Were Wolverhampton losing 3-2 to Eagle Wings. And uh, Spenston and Bridgetown playing to a 3-all draw there. So that's some of the local results coming through from the uh, Cape Districts Football Association. Time now to say a very good evening to Duncan Crowey. Duncan very good evening and thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks for inviting me, Fellows. It's my pleasure. Now, Duncan, of course, we're talking Euros, but uh, sad news as well. Some interesting matches, sad news as well. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, let's take a look at some of the results so far, Duncan. In Group A, we had Italy and Turkey. Uh, Italy winning that one 3-0. 3-0, that's right. Yeah, and Wales and Switzerland playing to a 1-0 draw. Um, no real surprises there in that uh, first uh, group games? 
not really. Italy, remember, Italy has been out of World Football World Cup for the last, uh, what's it, 2018 World Cup. Everybody expected them uh, back again because they are world, they are world renowned nation when it comes to football itself. And it was, uh, was the prize when they were out. But they're going to be the dark horses here in, uh, in uh, the Euro 2020. Yes, they played against Turkey. Uh, Turkey didn't play that well last night. Everybody's saying that Italy was all over Turkey, which it was. But then again, on the other end, if you look at the way Turkey played, they sat back most of the time waiting for Italy to come, hoping to catch him on the break. Because remember, uh, only two teams, two teams goes through. And the, in four of the groups, the best third place team goes through. Mm. So it's quite easy to go through. I think the way Turkey played it, they wanted at least a point against the favourites in the group, Italy. So that is why they sat back. But the person must not underestimate Turkey. Yeah, look, I agree with you there. I had that discussion with someone as well about the way Turkey played. But I I must say, Roberto Mancini has turned around this Italian team. They had some issues and then I think in 28 games or so now they're unbeaten. So for the first time I saw them the other uh, couple of weeks ago in one of the friendlies and they really look like a very good team that could possibly, as you say, a dark horse could go all the way. Yes, uh, quite a few, talking about uh, Roberto Mancini, quite a few countries are not happy with the coaches that they've got at the moment. Italy is one of the teams or one of the countries that's happy with the coach. And like you've mentioned, 27, 28 games unbeaten so far. We know the Italians to be very defensive. But last night it was quite enterprising. Going forward, going wide, getting the ball into box, getting numbers into the box. So uh, if they can do that very well, because we know they can play the defensive game very well. That's uh, all the Italian clubs' uh, forte. They're quite good at that. So um, the way they played last night, they're going to cause a lot, of, uh, a lot of surprises going into the knockout stages. Just looking at some of the key players from the Italian team, Duncan. I know in the defence, we all they've always had a, a good uh, defensive setup. You got uh, Benucci and uh, Chiellini, Chiellini, and then yep. uh, up, up front they, they rely a lot on Insigne, who's really impressed a lot, and Immobile uh, as a striker. Yep. I mean, all round they've got a very good team. Uh, experience at the back. If you want to win something. If you want to win tournaments like this, you need a solid defense and you need goal scorers. What you've just mentioned now is uh, world-class players in those positions. Mm. At the back, you've seen the experience with Cellini going forward. He actually missed two opportunities <laughs> as well. Yeah. He had two opportunities to score from set pieces. So that is the quality that he brings to this team. Immobile, uh, looking at his name, all over the show as well. He scored last night as well. Quality player. And those are the players that will pull them through. Uh, this tournament. Now, of course, backup staff will play a huge role as well. And just, you know, when the cameras uh, go on to the backup staff, there's one face that really uh, stuck to mind there, Gianluca Viali. Uh, see, he's part of that uh, Italian setup as well. So his experience, he must be adding a lot there as well. Uh, you know, when it comes to the coaching side of things, that's fine. Everybody can coach. Everybody can. The, the, the coaches and the managers are there to put those things into place. But the, the, the added uh, thing, as far as Gianluca Viali is concerned, and also we'll maybe talk about uh, the Belgium setup when uh, uh, Terry Henry was involved. Mm. You know, they played in these competitions, and they know exactly uh, uh, what to what's going to happen next, and the experiences that they've uh, experienced throughout uh, their tournaments. They can they they can explain it to the players. Mm. the young players in the squad. And of course, that is how they will learn going through this tournament. Now, the other results, uh, Wales and Switzerland playing to a one-all draw, no real surprises there? 
um, you see, a, a team like Wales, they they, they had their coach, um, you know, there's a situation as far as Ryan Giggs is mm. concerned. The new coach came in. Not much is expected at this stage, but they've got world-class players as well. Ramses didn't do that well at, in, uh, at uh, Juventus this year. But, of course, we know the situation as far as Gareth Bale is concerned. Even though he didn't play that often at, um, at Real Madrid, yeah, Jose Marino didn't play him that often at uh, Tottenham Hotspur as well. But we know he's a quality player. He didn't shine that much last night, but believe me, quality will eventually prevail. Now, I'm, I'm sure we'll agree that Italy should top this group. Who are you backing to go through as uh, as, um, as runners-up? I, I will go for both teams that play the opening game. Italy and Turkey. And Turkey being second. Fantastic. Then they will have to fight maybe for the best third place team mm. between mm. Wales and Switzerland. So as you said earlier, there's still lots up for grabs because you can go through as one of the uh, uh, best third place teams. So it's not all lost if you don't finish in that top two there. No. That is why it's not so exciting for me because, you know, everybody's a little bit cagey, especially the teams that's not the, that think they're not the favourites, they're not going to make it through. Then they play for a draw. They just play not to lose. Mm. And if you play not to lose, you will sit back and hope to catch the team on the, on, the, on, on the counter, on the break. So that is what will happen. Most teams at the bottom of the log, they will play at KG hoping for that draw. Uh, but when it comes to knockout stage, of course you want to win. Then you will have to go from end to end. And that is when the exciting soccer will, b- will be played. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about Group B. Uh, we saw what happened yesterday with Christian Eriksen and Finland yeah. Denmark game. Of course, Finland, I think it's their first major tournament. Uh, you know, winning that one eventually when they decided to come back and play. Of course, it's not nice. I mean, you've been a professional footballer in any sport for uh, something like this to happen. Man, you don't want to see this on a soccer field. You don't want to see this anywhere on any sports field for that matter. You know, I was sitting and I was watching and I was looking at the people watching the game around me. Everybody felt it. Mm. Even though even though they were supporting Finland or it doesn't matter who you were supporting at that stage, you don't want to see something like that happen on the on the uh, any sports field like I've mentioned already. And I think the broadcasters could have done a little better. At the beginning, they were closing in on uh, on Ericsson. Maybe they did, we, none of us knew at that stage what was going on. Mm. But as soon as they see uh, CPR being done on a player, yeah. zoom out. Yeah, zoom. Uh, focus on something else. Even though eventually, when the players started surrounding Ericsson, ensuring that uh, nobody sees or no camera or no photographer takes photos of uh, of of Ericsson, then most probably they realized, hold it, let mm. me zoom out. They still zoomed out, but the person could uh, still see what was happening on the corner of your TV screen. Mm. You know, looking at the faces of the players. And uh, that's something you, you, you don't want to witness anyway. No, uh, I, I can imagine how that players felt. Yeah, you could players see that. Players talk to him every day, players that play with him. Yeah, I'm a stranger. I just know him from soccer. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was emotional when I witnessed that. And mm. that's something you don't want to see. No, absolutely. Well, yeah. uh, the latest is that he is stable, he's, 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 yeah. he's fine, but apparently he did have a cardiac arrest, so we, we wish him all the best. But I was just reading something on BBC as well, that uh, Peter Schmeichel wasn't happy with the, the match uh, starting thereafter again. What's your thoughts on that? Um, man, uh, I think um, when he was in hospital, he made a few phone calls. They've mentioned two phone calls that uh, Christian uh, Eriksen made. Mm. He phoned the CEO of, um, of Inter Milan, the club he plays at, and he spoke to the players in the group, mm. telling him he's fine. Apparently, he spoke to his teammates as well mm. 
of Denmark telling them it's fine. Go ahead and play. So that was already a sign. That should have been a sign to everybody or to people around him. Don't worry, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. You know, if a player was still out of breath, couldn't breathe properly, uh, still had the mask on, wasn't allowed to take the mask off, then it's a different situation. Mm. But uh, uh, they were given an option by by uh, by the tournament organizers: play, continue playing on that same evening, or start restart uh, or play the game again at twelve or half past twelve the next day. Mm. But the manager or the coach of the of, of Denmark decided instead of going back home sleeping, getting up after this happened and go play again, that would have been more difficult for the players. That is why they decided, let's continue the game. No, exactly. So one good positive as well is to see the medical team acting, you know, as quickly as they did. I think that was brilliant to see as well. No, fantastic. And uh, apparently I didn't see it. But one of the players was the first one there to give him CPR. Yeah, it was the centre of the captain. Um, That's right. Jay, he, the was, center of. he was the first one to give him CPR. I didn't see it at the time. Mm. But, uh, you know, it makes a person think, me being involved with junior football, being a coach as well. And uh, uh, it shows the importance of the medical staff as well. Yeah. You know, our soccer has grown here in South Africa. And that is one thing we must bring on to our technical team as well. It doesn't matter. We, we, we're thinking of this now. But for other injuries as well, head injuries as well. And for us as coaches to do these first aid, the basic first aid courses. If you're the first one there, if there's nobody there, then at least you know what to do. Not only... Uh, um, uh, tactical, technical stuff at coaching courses, but the medical part of it, first aid part of it as well. Yeah, I think that's also important if anybody's listening out there and you play in any form of, of sport, um, please at least get someone in your team to do some first aid training because you need somebody um, there to, to, to act when things like this happen and, and you know, that can be so important. And it's a good thing as well, you know, when Lukaku scored, uh, when he scored in the next game for Belgium. Yeah. Remember, they played together at Inter Milan in Italy. Mm-hmm. He ran to the camera and he shouted, uh, Chris, Chris, I love you. Mm-hmm. That was also a good thing to see. No, absolutely. You know? Yeah, fantastic. Now, talking about Belgium, mm-hmm. obviously, in the, in the other Group B game, uh, they're looking very good. I must be honest, beating Russia 3-0. Uh, that man, Lukaku, I mean, bringing his club form from Inter Milan into the international state. His, his uh, statistics is phenomenal, Duncan. Uh, um, 62 goals in 90 games, again scoring two last night. He's just in the form of his life at the moment. Fantastic. Uh, it's hard to believe that this is the same Ramalulu Lukaku that played for United, Manchester mm. United in England. As soon as he moved over to Italy for Inter Milan, he just started banging it in. And last night he continued that as well. I'd like to see a player like him doing well. Uh, the, the, the way he took his goals as well, like a pure striker, big guy, he showed his speed last night with the, I think it's his second goal that he scored mm-hmm. when he outran one of the defenders, scored a fantastic goal. Belgium, number one in the world for the last few years, last three years or so. Uh, the soccer's on the up. But th- this, this is most probably their golden generation. And I think this is the last opportunity for them to win a major competition. They reached the fourth place they reached a semi-final of the World Cup in 2018 mm. uh, they lost the third and fourth place playoff to England uh, everybody expected them to go all the way being the number one team and that's what you expect of the number one team saying this is the last last chance for them to win a major trophy 10 of the current squad of 26 is 30 and over mm. so they've got to be in a rebuilding phase 
after this tournament if we talk about but the World Cup is next year and then a few years thereafter so this is most probably the last time for them to win something most of the players are at the peak they're the oldest squad at this tournament but the players are on form at this stage we've mentioned Lukaku uh, unfortunately De Bruyne Kevin De Bruyne couldn't play last night because of injury uh, Aiden Hazard didn't have the best of seasons at Real Madrid but he's still a quality player he showed it when he came on last night his appetite mm. was absolutely fantastic he showed the exciting form that he showed at Chelsea a few years ago he was also a doubtful starter that's most probably why they played him off the bench gave him a few minutes so that he's ready for the next game and uh, that is a player one of the players that I think is going to cause a surprise his yeah. quality he didn't play well at Real Madrid, so everybody's expecting him to be oh, just another player. But we know what he can do. Well, it's just a frightening to thought to think that he still, well, Manch- uh, Roberto uh, Martinez is giving him some game time, giving him some minutes. As you said, we saw what he did when he came on. And obviously, if they get to the knockout stages, he's going to play a, a bigger role. And of course, Kevin De Bruyne, the two of them coming into the team, is going to take them to another level. But like you said, it's the golden generation and this is a tournament that they most probably would definitely want to uh, to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, uh, so would you say would go through besides uh, join Belgium? I'm sure Belgium will top that list of going through uh, yes, joining Belgium, them Belgium uh, you know Finland uh, even though they won last night uh, and you know I was thinking about Denmark Denmark is one of my teams to go through uh, but you know when, uh, when um, the last World, or the World Cup in South Africa 2010 and in other World Cups as well the team many times the team that wins the World Cup They've lost their first game. Mm. It happened here to Spain in 2010 yes. as well. Yes. And uh, uh, um, so we cannot write Denmark off yet. Even if they end up third, they could be going through, as we've mentioned early on, the third best place team. Uh, best place, uh, third team in the, in the group. So I will go for Belgium and I will go for Denmark. Not, uh, not writing off uh, Russia there as well. Finland, even though they uh, won. They need one more point to go through. Yeah. But I think they're going to be hard-pressed to get that one point from the other two. No, absolutely. Duncan, we're just going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. This is Inside Sports. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Just gone 22 minutes past eight. We're talking Euros and my guest is the former Santos striker Duncan Crowey. Duncan, we come to Group C now. Uh, we just had yeah. one game just completed. Austria beating North Macedonia 3-1. I don't think that much is much of a, a surprise there. North Macedonia, a tiny country, I think playing also in their first tournament. I think they would just be happy to uh, you know, be part of the tournament. Uh, yes, to tell you the truth, I didn't even watch. I watched part of that game because the tennis seemed to be more interesting mm. at that stage with Djokovic being two sets down and coming back and winning uh, three sets to two. But in lo- looking at uh, North Me- uh, Macedonia, you know, they must probably the luckiest team to qualify. They qualified via the Nations League competition. and um, But saying that, they the first team and only team to beat Germany. Mm. In 20 years in the World Cup qualifiers, not so long ago. Now, if you can beat a team like Germany, you're not Manoza really. But uh, we know they're not going to go very far. So there is something in them. Hopefully they will cause uh, an upset somewhere in, uh, in this group. Because Austria is there, Netherlands is there, Ukraine is there. And of course, they are there as well. Uh, Austria, on the, other, on, on the other hand, we know we've got the players like Alaba. That's the only real uh, standout player that plays for a top club uh, in Europe. 
how far they will go is also very difficult to say. There is also a dark horse as far as uh, I'm concerned. But this, uh, this uh, victory tonight, you know, three points, you need mm. four points, five points maybe to take you through as a third, uh, third place team. So, yeah, there's a lot to play for in this group. And obviously the next one coming up at nine o'clock, Netherlands taking on the Ukraine. That promises to be a good match, that one. Yes, uh, Holland always been, uh, Netherlands always been a quality team, entertaining team, a team that I always look forward to watching. Uh, you know, Netherlands started their campaign. Remember, they didn't qualify for Euro 2016, mm. the last one. They didn't qualify for the World Cup 2018. So there's a new building phase. And Ronald Koeman was the one who started the building phase until he left for for Barcelona. Now Frank de Boer took, uh, took over and he continued with that rebuilding phase. And, uh, you know, they qualified with ease. They're playing with confidence. They, they, they're very positive about the football as we know the Dutch can be. But the reason the result has not been that good. Mm. The reason the result has not been that good. And as, as I've mentioned earlier, you need good strikers. You, and uh, more importantly, good defenders. So uh, when you want to win tournaments like this, and we know as many call the best uh, defender in the world, Virgil van Dijk, not being around. Uh, Matthias de Lucht, not playing tonight because of a groin injury. Mm. Groin injury can keep you out for long. And even if he comes back, who knows? Will he aggravate that injury again? So he will be a doubtful player for this duration of this tournament. So that's a big setback for them if they want to go very far. But the star player, Frankie uh, de Jong, mm. didn't set the scene light at Barcelona. They will be looking at him to turn the... Uh, to turn games for them here in this tournament. And of course, up front, they'll be looking to uh, Memphis Depay there to uh, right. add some uh, power up front. So who are you backing to go through from this uh, group? In this group, Netherlands and Ukraine. Of course, the we saw... Playing, the, the two playing tonight. We saw Group D get underway early on, England beating Croatia 1-0. Um, you know, I spoke to a friend earlier on. They said that he said that his view was that England, with the starting lineup that they that they produced, was a bit more on the defensive side. There was no Sancho. Um, there was no um, I can't get the other gentleman's name now. But um, what were your thoughts on that? Man, I won't I won't say it was very defensive. Uh, they've got quality in uh, in uh, in midfield. Yes, you can say we want to play Grealish and uh, and uh, Grealish, uh, Mason yeah. Mount, and you want to play Foden, all these players. But you cannot play mm. all those players. Yes, they are attacking players, but they are also all the same players. You've got to be the player. You've got to have in your midfield a, a player or players that is uh, that protects your defence. And you need your midfielders that can help the strikers. Now, all the players that I've mentioned that are exciting players in England, the Grealishes, the Fodens, the Mounds, uh, 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 they're all go- forward-going players. And I reiterate, you need a good defense. Mm-hmm. And at number six, the one playing in front of your back two, that is the, the main player protecting the defense and making the defense stronger. So, yes, the good thing about that is they can replace one with the other, knowing that another quality player will come into that engine room to make the teams play. And if you go forward, if you look at the forward line, Sterling, yes, uh, he didn't play that often for, for City, for Manchester City, but he got the goal. That can boost his confidence. Uh, my main player and most probably, the best, in my book, the best striker in the world, uh, Harry Kane, didn't play that well tonight, but we know, give him a half an opportunity, he will turn it into a goal or he will set up somebody. 
the one who scored more goals than anybody else in England, as well as more assists than anybody else in England. So that will come to the fore here as well uh, um, at this tournament. And I hope that he sees the scene alike because he's a quality player and his attitude is, is an example for young players. And of course, uh, Calvin Phillips from Leeds, um, he's quite impressive as a holding midfielder. Not really, and he does his job. He's not like a, a very fancy player, but he does his job. You know, no, if, if you talk about him, you don't even see him in a game. Mm. He does his job. He's got a big engine. I mean, like most Leeds players, big engines, and then play play the, uh, the uh, play the role in front of the back uh, back four or the back two, where they've got that triangle going, giving the ball to the playmakers. You make the play. I'll break it down when it comes this way again. So that is the the players doing the dirty work that don't always be seen. They are the uh, they are the real players that uh, makes the team good or not. And of course, tomorrow we'll see the other Group D match as Scotland taking on the Czech Republic there. Um, your thoughts on that game? Um, I would like to see, you know, since the days of Kenny Dalglish and uh, Makari and all those players from yesteryear, Peter Lorimer, I'd like to see that era of Scottish football coming back. You do, and uh, and um, uh, quite a few of their players play in England. The league is not one of the best in the world, but we know they've got quality players. They need a, uh, just a confidence booster, especially in the group games. And we know in the knockout stages, anything can happen. I put them, Scotland, I put them down as the dark horses. And I can't wait for the game between England <laughs> and Scotland. That yeah. real derby. That rivalry. But, uh, yeah. So I will go for, I will, if, this is a tough group. Everybody talks about the last group uh, as being the group of death. Mm. But if you look at this one, Czech Republic, Scotland, Croatia, then Scotland is most probably the one that will lose out. They will most probably be the team ending fourth in this group. But I hope they make it through at least in the third spot for that matter. And then uh, Group E, of course, uh, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, uh, Sweden. Uh, the Spanish team since 2010, you know, when, since the Iniestas and the Zavis and uh, those guys disappeared off the scene. Um, the Spanish football has gone down. If you look at most of the players in that team, not the recognizable names. There's not even one Real Madrid uh, player in this uh, squad. But we know this is one of the top leagues. And I put them down as one of my dark horses. Okay. You know, the, 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 the Barcelona youngsters coming yeah, through and yeah. hopefully, hopefully something will happen in this tournament for them without Messi, though. So will you tip to go through from Group E, uh, Duncan? I, 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 I will go for Spain. And uh, Sweden in this one mm. as the top two. And then, of course, everybody's group of death, Group F, Hungary, uh, playing Portugal and France, taking out Germany. Uh, you know, that, that is a very, uh, you have to play from the first game, I would presume. It says you need to get those points on the board there. Man, uh, yeah, you've got to pick your games, I think. Uh, just about everybody can uh, can win this group, except maybe for Hungary at this stage. Uh, if you look at France, they're the favourites, even though they rank, uh, I think it's second in the world, uh, behind Belgium. They're the favourites for this competition. And we know in 2010, they came here to South Africa as one of the favourites as well. But off-the-field behaviour uh, made them lose their way. The same thing already, there's a story coming from the French camp. 
that after the last friendly, uh, Giroud wasn't happy with Mbappe for not passing to him, Mbappe walking off the field after being substituted, not looking at the manager, not looking at everybody. Everybody's talking about him having an ego. You know, can that be a disruptive factor in the, in the, in the camp? I think definitely it can. And especially an influential player like uh, Kylian Mbappe. You know, he's young. But at this stage, everybody's uh, in the Spanish team, not everybody, but most are looking at him to be the, uh, the, the one to score goals and the one to, to create opportunities from, from, from the wide area. So they've got to put that aside, the behavior of, this, uh, of the field, and, 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 and uh, become a team. Individuals don't win competitions. It's teams that will win competitions. And for teams, uh, for, 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 for a unit to become a team, they've got to push in the same direction. Not one this way and the other one the other way. So uh, if they can put that aside, they will win this group. And then, of course, it's between Germany and Portugal for that second and that third spot. Yeah, it's, it's... If, you, if, if you look at Portugal, just uh, uh, when we come back, uh, uh, take uh, one, four years back, Portugal, when they won the last Euros, that was uh, 16, 2016, yeah, 2016, when they won that competition... They won only one game outright. All the other games were either draws or extra time or penalties for mm. that matter. So, uh, and they came through the group stage as the third place team. Mm. So, you know, a lot of things can happen, especially when you, when you get into that knockout stage. But that is why I've mentioned right at the beginning, uh, the exciting part, the interesting part. I won't say the interesting. The interesting part is how they play, the tactics. Who play, goes all out to win? Who plays not to lose? Happens in the group stages. That's not, not so exciting. That's interesting. But the exciting part happens in the knockout stages because now it's going to be from one end to the other because both teams will have to score a goal to go through to the next round. So I'm looking forward to that part of the competition. Fantastic. Duncan Crowey, thank you very much. Thanks for your thoughts and views. And I'm sure we'll catch up when the knockout stages uh, start and see how our, uh, uh, whatever you chose, whichever team to go through. Let's see how we're doing, how correct we were. But thank you very much for your time and uh, enjoy the Netherlands game. No, thank you very much, and it's my pleasure. So that was the uh, former Santos striker, Duncan Crowe, sharing his thoughts on the Euros. We're talking uh, coaching now, and on the line we have uh, Booby Solomons. We, well, we're trying to get hold of uh, Mr. Booby Solomons. We had him on the line. The line just got cut off. We're going to be talking coaching. The CAF D3 coaching course ended in Stellenbosch today, and uh, we'll find out how that uh, one went. Just going to run through uh, some of the fixtures that's uh, coming through uh, later on. Of course, there's one game there in Group C, Netherlands, taking on the Ukraine. Uh, Group C uh, kicked off today as well. Uh, Australia, uh, Austria, sorry, beating North Macedonia 3-1. Group D, England. They beat Croatia 1-0. Ryan Sterling, they're scoring for England. Tomorrow we'll see Group D in action. Scotland taking on the Czech Republic. That uh, starts at 6 and then 8, uh, 9 o'clock. Group E is in action. But I believe we do have him on the line. We say assalamu alaikum to Mr. Bubi Solomons. Thanks for joining me tonight. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and salam alaikum to all the listeners out there. Now, as the technical director of coaching Safa Cape Town... Uh, <coughs> Muff, that you started that or oh, ran the course uh, this week was the CAF D3 coaching course. Uh, tell us about this course. Yeah, um, this is quite an exciting venture for us uh, in Cape Town because due to the pandemic, you know, when nothing was happening, we embarked on uh, online coaching and having online workshops. So 
um, then we uh, put together um, our workshops to educate the coaches and to give them something to do. And we also reached out to over 800 coaches during that time. And we said to ourselves, you know, why can't we do the CAF course licenses online as well, seeing that we have done so well and we laid the foundation. So then uh, we asked SAFA to give us the permission, and then they gave us an opportunity to to launch a pilot project online. So then we did it very successfully, and we, we did actually far more than what the normal CAFD licenses did. And so much so that now we, we started our third uh, CAFD license online. And um, what we do is during the week we do theory and we can do it at a nice convenient time when the people come home from work. So we do it from half past six to half past nine on three days of the week, which is Monday, Wednesday and Fridays. And then Saturday and Sunday we do the practical. So we cover the same amount of hours that is required on a on a CAFD license. So it's 30 hours theory and 32 hours practical. So we covered the the amount of hours that's required, but we we, we can do it so much more uh, efficient and so much more creative because of it being online. So Alhamdulillah, we are now in our third course and. Uh, we are very excited. We have covered in our last two courses, we have covered over 150 coaches, mm-hmm. which we are, which are qualified, qualified with a CAFD license, which means African uh, Football Federation license. It's in the, even higher than a SAFA license. So CAF, CAF licenses are recognized by FIFA. So, 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 so that is uh, uh, the importance of the license that we are dealing with at the moment. Now, how does one get onto this course? Well, you 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 actually apply uh, via the 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 provincial uh, body, which is in our case Safa Cape Town. You apply uh, you apply through the provincial body. We put you on a list, and uh, the the good thing about the course also is that we can save the coaches much more than what they used to pay. So in the past, they used to pay 2,000 rand, 2,500 rand to do a CAFD license. Now, because we are online and we cut down a lot of expenses, we cut down a lot of uh, hiring expenses, we cut down a lot of um, food uh, supply and all those, and even venue expenses. So um, we, are, we, are only, we managed to bring it down from 2,000, 2,500 rand to only 700 rand. Mm. Because then it saves the, 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 the participants also a, a lot of money. And it also saves them time because they don't have to take off from work now, you see. So because we have a Saturday and Sunday uh, um, practicals, and most people don't work Saturday and Sunday. So then, then they, they apply through SAFA Cape Town, and then they forward their money into the banking account, and then we put you on the list. And for this uh, particular course, we had uh, over 70 applicants, and we SAFA only want us to to do 30 participants at a time because of you know having to look at them carefully. Our instructors must 
uh, analyze them, evaluate them, and make sure that they are up to speed, up to standard. But with us doing it online, we can do far more. And also when we do the practicals, we have uh, quite a few instructors in Cape Town that can assist us. Then we break them up into groups, which makes it much easier for us to handle on the practicals because it's only over four days. So we are very, very well organized, alhamdulillah, where that is concerned. And the participants love it. Those that have been in, in previous CAFD courses mention how different it is to what they used to do. Even our graphics, uh, our presentations are far, far more uh, up-to-date and more colorful and using, uh, you know, uh, things that, that, that the youth like, you know. They don't like reading the lines and lines and lines every time and listening to people talking and talking and talking. So we make it we made it interesting. We have a lot of graphics. We have a lot of color. Um, we interact with them regularly. We, we make them do assignments. And also um, we, we discovered a great way of um, giving our assignments to the coaches and them returning the assignments to us. So we use Google Classroom, which is a platform where we submit our assignments, we all our information, we, we, we put it on there. The participants access uh, Google Classroom, and then they get all the information there. Then they take the assignment, they do what they have to do, then they return it on the classroom as well. Then what we do is we grade it, we send them the remarks, and we send it back. So. It is a new way of teaching. It's a new way of learning. I mean, even the schools and the universities are all starting this because of the pandemic. But it's the future. It's the future. It's the future methods of learning. It's the future methods of teaching. And it is getting information over to people. But we so fantastic. What? We're just going to take a quick ad break and we'll continue after this. This is... Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. It's just gone a quarter to nine. We're talking to the uh, technical director of uh, South Cape Town, Pubi Solomons. We're talking about the coach, uh, the CAF D3 coaching course, which concluded uh, this weekend in Stellenbosch. Now, after that, uh, uh, the theory, the, the practicals is done over two days. I take it that all those that attended the, the theoretical uh, section of the course had to be present for the practicals, Pubi. Yeah, no, they do. They have to because to get the license, um, they have to do the practicals. We are very serious on, on the courses and we don't allow absenteeism because, you know, when, when people are absent, uh, you can't just provide them with certificates and licenses. So this is a serious matter. It's an African course. It's a CAF course. It's not, you know, something that we're doing in our township or whatever the case may be. So we are very serious. Also, uh, because to keep the cost down, we also get sponsors, you know. So we we managed to get both it uh, to sponsor this this course, obviously, and most of it uh, we uh, all the teachers that uh, that are on the course is because of the both programs they they used to run at the schools uh, in tournaments and stuff. So because of the pandemic, it's not there. So we managed to get both it to sponsor this one. Then also we got Stellenbosch University who sponsored the venue and the soccer field for us. So they uh, then uh, formed that. And then we got Stellenbosch Football Club 
who also offer to sponsor the meals for the coaches, you know. So for the four days, their meals are covered, the refreshments, and and we've got university fields. And, and both it is coming uh, to the party for us in big time, you know, providing T-shirts for the for the players and the participants and, and even the youngsters. Because at the end of the festival, uh, at the end of the course, we've got a festival where over 60 youngsters come and the coaches do... A, a festival for them, quite exciting, um, on the field there, uh, well organized, and that is actually the way we grade the the participants for the Cat B license. So um, they look nice; they all got the same sweaters. But it also are going to give them all watches, so all the participants will get watches, and all the young uh, uh, players that will come, that we will use, they will also get watches and Vuvuzelas and, and all those things. So we make it, we make it quite mm. exciting for them and for the participants so that they live there with enough knowledge, they live there with enough information, and also they are ready to take on the teams, and especially the youth. We need quality coaching at the youth level. I mean, here we're watching the Euro and we're watching Belgium. Belgium, who 10 years ago, 15 years ago, were number 66 on the FIFA rankings. Mm. Now they are number one. So I, I and a lot of our, our people investigated why, how did this happen? Because Belgium only got a population of 11 million about. And I mean, look at, look at our population, look at our quality, look at our potential. Why have they... Have, have they moved from 66 to number one? And and this is what we are busy with. So we need to educate our coaches. We need to get quality coaching from a young age. Because once the players are over the age of 16, 17, it's no use. Whatever you're going to teach them, it is far too late. You know, so we need to get them when they are 10, 12 years old and then give them the proper stages of development so that they can add to what they have, which is their raw potential. And I mean, if you look at Africa, if you look at South Africa, the potential that we have, mm. and you compare them with those European teams that you saw on TV, I mean, they don't have half the talent that we have. All, of, all those European countries don't have half the talent that we have, yet, yet they are able to progress so far and advance us in so many factors. And it only comes down to the coaching, the quality of the coaching, the mentality, getting the physical conditioning and the psychological preparation right, you know, and giving them the right tools at the right stage of their career. And this is what makes the difference. They don't get the right tools at the right stage of their career, which means that you can't climb the ladder because there are so many steps missing. Mm. And uh, I, I equate it with somebody that starts schooling in grade one and somebody that starts schooling in grade seven, you can very well know that the, that the person starting in grade seven is definitely gonna, not going to know the things that the student that started at grade one. And that is exactly the same with our sport. That is exactly the same with what is happening in soccer. That is why we are battling. We are battling to close the gap between world football and ourselves. And that's why myself and a lot of our other coaches has realized this. And now we're pumping our coaches with information and knowledge so that they can put over what they learn into uh, the youth 
that we have today. Because we we can have probably um, find uh, Banyana players or Bafana players in our match. We don't know. So yeah. if we don't give them the proper training, they will never reach a Banyana and Bafana level. Absolutely. And we have so much talent in Cape Town. We just need to harness it. We need to put them in a, on the right track. And when we get their mind in the right place so that we can again uh, dominate football in, in this country. Fantastic. Bobby Solomon, thanks for that update and all the best to you with your future coaching endeavours. Uh, shukran very much and uh, shukran to you, Faroz, for all that you do for sport in the country. We appreciate you and, and what uh, Radio Voice of the Cape are doing and, and all other people that contribute to upliftment of our people in the country. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. That was Bobby Solomons there telling us about that CAF T3 coaching course that has finished this week in Stellenbosch. Of course, as he said, if you're interested, you need to go through Safa Cape Town. Let's take a quick ad break. When we come back, we'll wrap up. This is Inside Sports. Assalamu alaikum, just gone 8.52 and welcome back. We're going to wrap up now, but just before I leave, um, I'm going to play you that interview I did with Zubair Hamza. I caught up with him in the week. Of course, he scored that career best 222 against Zimbabwe in the week in that first four-day test match. Now, uh, this is what he had to say about that innings and, of course, some other performances in the match and about that match as well. So I hope you enjoyed another edition of Inside Sport. I'll be back on the drive time with more sporting news from me. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum.